0: Hello and welcome to I'm Listening Milwaukee. My name is Riggs. You might know me from Riggs & Alley on 103.7 KISS FM. Or you may know me from my mental health advocacy. I work a lot with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. That's AFSP. And I'm the voice you'll be hearing throughout the next hour. Well, the most consistent one. Many of the other voices you'll hear will probably be voices you hear every day on this Radio.com station. Elizabeth and Radar from 99.1 The Mix. Bill Michaels from 105.7 FM The Fan. And everyday people from right here in Milwaukee. This week kicks off... Suicide Prevention Week. As you may or may not know, September is World Suicide Prevention Month. And in the state of Wisconsin, someone dies by suicide every nine hours. That makes it the ninth leading cause of death in the state. Suicide, it can be prevented. So it's time to start talking about suicide and mental health. And more importantly, it's time to listen. I'm Listening as a Radio.com initiative to break the stigma around mental health and start a conversation. Today, you'll hear stories from people you may not know, but they all have a story and you have a story. If you feel inspired to share your story, you can do it at imlistening.org. And if any of this makes you feel the opposite, or if you ever feel hopeless, there's always someone listening. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number is 1-800-273-8255. This is I'm Listening Milwaukee. So, I just said it there. You heard the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number, 1 800 273 8255. And that's a lot to remember. Now, imagine being in a crisis situation and you need that number. Sure, you can Google it. And even if you tell Siri, I don't want to live.
1: It sounds like talking with someone might help. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline offers free and confidential emotional support.
0: And you can tap it right there and you're directed to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. But wouldn't a three-digit number be easier? Thankfully, the ball is already rolling on that. On August 14th of last year, Congress passed a law. It's the National Suicide Hotline Improvement Act of 2018, basically saying that the government would work with the FCC to determine a blank one-one number, a 911 for the brain. And just last week, the FCC recommended the number 988, which is a great first step. Last year, the Lifeline received over 2.2 million calls. Of those, 29,000 were from right here in Wisconsin, and 6,000 of them were actually answered by one of the four Wisconsin call centers. And while the government gets their stuff together, working towards the three-digit number and putting that in place, did you know there's already a three-digit number in place that works right here in Milwaukee? 211. Impact is the name of the organization who runs this. Impact 211 changes lives for good. They're helping southeastern Wisconsin residents get connected to information and assistance during times of personal crisis and community disaster. The top three reasons people called 211 food, shelter, and housing. But glaring at number four mental health crisis assistance. Now, I went to their call center in West Dallas to check it out, and I spoke with the president and CEO of Impact
2: Milwaukee, John Hyatt. So you have more than 36,000 requests for um, food pantries and meal sites. If you put together emergency shelter and housing, you're up around 50,000 calls. So in a day, you know what that amounts to, somewhere between 150 and 200 calls a day for um, housing and um, where is mental health...
0: Yeah, number four on the list, mental health crisis assistance. Would that be any sort of mental health situation, somebody that's in a suicide situation or any mental health crisis, correct?
2: Yes, all of those things, yep. People calling in in crisis or people calling not necessarily in crisis, but um, I think I might be experiencing anxiety or depression or I have a family member, and so am I? And then if I am or they are, what can I do? Where can I go? How much of a problem is it? Um, I have insurance. I don't have insurance. How can you help me find somebody that will help me?
0: If I have a friend that I'm concerned about that may have mental health issues or may be in a bad situation, I can call for advice from your number as well.
2: Absolutely, and we take a lot of those calls. Um, probably about half of the calls are from a loved one or a family member. And it's also the assistance is confidential, but it can also be anonymous. So we don't have a stake in the game. We're not a treatment provider a healthcare care um, healthcare provider or an insurance company so our advice is going to be strictly based on what you need not trying to figure out a way to have you get in our program and
0: this is a this is a massive room just got cubicles left and right with probably
2: i don't know 20 30 people in here what is going on in this room this is the 211 contact center so people call us in here 24 hours a day they can also text with us or they can chat with us Or they can search for the resources online. Go to our website and can find out how to do that stuff.
0: The website he's referring to: impactinc.org. But what's the average response time when someone calls two one one before someone answers?
2: So our service uh, goal is eighty percent of the calls answered in less than three minutes. We're pretty close to that most of the time. With the uh, Milwaukee Waukesha um, crisis calls, we're less than ninety seconds. So there are times when it goes spikes up, right? We've got 15 people answering the phone, and there's 40 people trying to get through. You know, we're doing our best to get to them as quickly as we can. Do
0: you notice you're busier in seasons, summer, winter, holidays even, for mental health things as well? When are are your peak seasons, I guess you would say?
2: There are some spikes, um, but it's busy every day. An average day is about 500 calls. A busy day is about 700. We've had 1,000 call days. There are times of the year, so there's a summer meal program that's been announced. We'll get a bunch of calls. Um, During the spring, when um, utilities can be turned off, we'll get a bunch of calls then. Um, Around tax season, when we promote uh, the VITA program, free tax service, we'll get a spike in calls. Um, Sometimes people will say, well, when it gets cold, aren't a whole bunch of people calling that are homeless? Um, For starters, people are always calling about housing and being homeless. Um, And actually is a phenomenon where when it gets cold, um, your friend or your family might be more willing to take you in than when it's, not cold. Yeah. And so we get nearly as many calls when it's warm for people looking for affordable housing as we do when it's cold.
0: So, See, this second hour of I'm Listening Milwaukee is all about Milwaukee, real people from right here in our community. And Impact 211 does just that. You can find out more about them at impactinc.org. Now on to some stories, some positive stories. There's a lot of ways that you can deal with your mental health. If you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling anxious, what are some positive self-help things that we can do? We'll talk to some of your favorite Radio.com personalities next on I'm Listening, Milwaukee. And this is our own little effort to uh, break the stigma around mental health and start a conversation about it. So welcome to the show, Allie, my morning co-host. Hi, Gibbons, who is hey. also with us every morning. Hello. And then the gentleman that comes on after us on uh, 103.7 KISS FM every midday is J-Matt, who Hello. is also another big mental health advocate with us as well. Thanks for coming in with us and coming in early. No this problem. This is early for J-Matt. This one time. <laughs> <laughs> this morning, I wanted to start off talking about ways that we do uh, our positive self-help mechanisms, because there's lots of negative things you can do for your mental health. People resort to drinking or you know doing drugs and things like that. But when you're getting really anxious, you're getting depressed about something you're having a bad day you get down in the dumps what are some of the things that you guys do on your own like your positive self-help things Allie, you're big into
3: this yes. your positive self-help oh big time yes I mean I I have to do the positive self-talk uh-huh. I tell myself I'm awesome even if I'm not feeling it that right. day mm-hmm. I do that <laughs> too when you say like I'm an idiot I'll be like no you're not an idiot yeah. positive self-talk I have to say okay stop talking badly about yourself <laughs> yes another thing I like to do I like to bump music I call friends like if I'm angry yeah or hurt about something, I'll call somebody else.
0: Talking about it. So don't lash it out, out
3: yep. at the wrong person. Or
0: hold it inside and make it worse.
3: Yeah, because holding it inside is what will seriously destroy you. That's
0: what men do, right men? <laughs>
3: That's actually,
0: I was going to say, terrible at that. something
4: I've started doing more recently is calling friends and family. Instead of insulating yeah, and being like, I can't deal with this, yeah. reaching out and talking to friends and family. <sighs> and just letting them know. Because it's, it's okay to not be okay. And when yeah. people say reach out and you actually do it. It helps. I know it's shocking, it amazing right? amazing
3: how much better you feel when you talk to somebody? It really it's is. No joke. 100%. Yeah. It is.
0: You can have the worst day ever, the worst mm-hmm. internal day feeling, and then you just have to flush it out yep. and get mm-hmm. it out there. How about you, J-Matt?
5: Uh, I personally allow myself to just shut down, take a break. If I know I'm getting overly stressed out or feeling especially like depression doesn't just happen. It like builds up over time. If I notice it getting out of hand, what I'll end up doing is just like cancel all my plans for a day. Uh, and just stay in and let myself re... Um, Recombobulate? That, that word works, Readjust. yeah. Readjust. Readjust adjust. and just get back to my normal reset. self. Reset. resets, yeah. great word for that, yeah. Reset. <laughs> and then even going to bed a little earlier, let myself sleep in more um, and just reset.
3: You know what else is keeping my space at home clean? When it gets uh, out of yeah. control, that's when I know I'm out of control. Yep. No, right. really. Like if my room has... 900 pieces of clean laundry on the floor, and you uh-huh. know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes me not happy. And when it's clean, I'm happier.
5: The more it builds up, the more like you're like getting stressed out. Yeah, and the less you want to clean it up because well, it's getting bigger and bigger. Yep.
3: Every morning you're looking for clothes, losing your mind, and you're going, wow, this is stress I didn't need in my life. Yep. Yeah. This is silly. Yeah. I'd be so much happier, is that little a, things like that. Is that yeah.
0: another way that you help deal with your stress, keeping yourself organized in other, other ways in life?
3: Yes, or? but I'm not consistent, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but like, hey, we're all working at one, thing, one day at a time, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Givens, you mentioned uh, reaching out for help.
0: You, what were you doing before that when you weren't reaching out to help?
4: All the wrong things, like you said, substance abuse. I would go into the bar and grab a couple beers, and then I'd get down in the dumps because I'd be drunk, and then I'd be depressed and drunk, and it just wouldn't be right. And then, just you know, you opened my eyes. So I made a call. I called my mom, actually, Mama G, who has had issues forever with depression, et cetera. Yeah. And she kind of talks me off the ledge sometimes. She's my my rock. I can call her in a time mm-hmm. of need. But if I call and she's not there. I've got my, my little, my buddy, my sidekick, killer, my little puppy. And playing with my dog, I find, like, therapeutic. Because yeah. oh, yeah. there's really no unconditional love like the love from a pet. And right.
0: dogs won't judge you either. And no. They, and
3: they can't talk back. Yes. Exactly. So they exactly. can't tell you have to be if you were cool that day, right?
4: <laughs> now, do any of you guys meditate? I do. Yeah, I find it. meditating meditation to be so therapeutic. I just turn my phone off, sit in the middle of the dining room floor on the hardwood floor, and just breathe. Smell the roses, blow out the oh, candles and just focus on breathing. is a on good breathing.
3: one. Breathing I learned in therapy. Yeah, yes. when, I, when I get anxiety and my heart starts racing and you don't know why your heart's racing, I have to breathe.
0: If you're just tuning in, this is I'm Listening Milwaukee. I'm Riggs. This is Allie Gibbons and J-Matt. We're from 103.7 KISS FM. Mm-hmm. We're talking to all of our uh, morning show personalities about how we deal with our you know our mental health, positive coping mechanisms. and We'll mm-hmm. talk to Elizabeth and Radar from our sister station here in a bit. J-Matt, how do you deal with your depression? Because I know depression has been something that You've dealt with so when you yeah. have those really bad days when you feel like you, you can't go on because some people get into that dark spot yeah. where they feel like there's nowhere else that they can turn. So where do you how do how do you reach down and find the light when you have that darkness? What do you do? Because I know you're very good at finding the positive in things.
5: Yeah, I mean, right now I'm very good at finding the positives, and I'm really good at thinking about depression and suicidal ideation in a logical way. But when you're depressed, like severely depressed, and feeling very suicidal. Logic goes away. It's not a logical thought. So it's as much as I can advocate and talk and be like, oh, I'm perfect. When I get into that state, it is hard. So what I have to do is while I'm this current state of mind, I have to loop in a couple close friends that really know me that can pick up on the signs when I'm down and then they can reach out to me. It's it really comes down to having a good support system, because if you don't have a support system in your life, a mother, a father, a sibling, a friend, somebody in your life that you trust It gets difficult when you are struggling to get out of it. And they have things
0: like the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255. If you don't feel like anybody in your circle is going to listen to you, call that number. Somebody's going to answer. I did want to be all-inclusive, so let's make some room in here for Craig Carson and GA. Craig Carson does our afternoon show, of course, on 103.7 KISS FM. GA does the night show on KISS FM. Thanks for being a part of this, you guys. Hey, yeah. Uh, That's I'm Listening Milwaukee. Now, what are some of the things that you do? Let's start with you, GA. Well, um,
6: I'm always been a stickler about mental health just because i had an uncle that actually uh took his life so i've always when i was younger so i've always been a very i don't know if it necessarily runs in your family type thing but i've all once that happened i kind of looked into it i think it and, does and doesn't so,
7: it? i think i mean I i'm not a scientist or anything but i think it's it's um, hereditary i know you, you I know would d- know better than depression me
0: depression can definitely run in families okay. mental health issues can definitely run right. in families yeah. i don't know if suicide really Per se can run in a family, mm-hmm. but men- well, mental health issues, absolutely. And I didn't know that you lost an uncle. I also lost yeah. an uncle to suicide um, back yeah. in July of twenty seventeen. So. Yeah.
6: yeah, yeah. He uh, what drowned in Lake Michigan when I was like twelve or thirteen, and so I was like, uh, and that's when I really got into fitness and stuff. So I mean, I'm, I'm the kind of yeah, I'm the fitness man. Yeah. So they're they're saying yeah. so a lot of things that I do, especially fitness wise, is to is to stay mentally clear because. Yeah. Exercise is one of the best things you could do, whether it's you're intense with it or taking a walk. They always say that just clears your mind, endorphins and everything. So Absolutely. one of my biggest components is working out. If I don't work out,
0: I don't even feel right. So mm-hmm. I, And I, I can you can tell the difference. Yeah. Craig, how do you deal with your mental health? How do you, how do you juggle your well, – do you deal with anxiety or depression oh or yeah, anything for sure. of that?
7: Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, exercise for me was a – he's mm-hmm. talked about it. GGA's talked about it. Um, where it's almost like, it's like taking a shower. You just do it. Like, I don't even, th- it's not like people are talking about how oh, I worked out today. And I'm like, well, that's cool. I'm, you know, if that was what motivates you, I don't talk about it because it's just something that The same I do. way It's like yeah. combing my hair or whatever. Um,
0: for me, it's like lunch. When I leave work, it's like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to the gym. You just do, do it. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and, and it
7: helps. I mean, that's one of the things prayer for me is huge. That's probably yes. first on the list. Yeah. Uh, exercise would be, would be in there. And, um, And naps. Uh, I know that that's frowned upon in in today's culture. Sleep in general. Getting enough sleep. right. Right. You know, I don't sleep. I'm not the best sleeper overnight, but I have this schedule where if I don't sleep great overnight, I could grab a nap in the
2: mid-morning
7: or even the earlier morning because I have to wake up early to get uh, my son out to school because my wife's out the door for work really early. So after everybody's gone, I'm like, I'm going to grab like a 45-minute to an hour nap. That helps. I mean, it's not a ton, but it's a shutdown and a reset. Yeah.
0: Hi, Elizabeth and Radar and Producer Dave. What's up, Riggs? Hi, Hi, Riggs! Riggs. Thank you for coming in this morning for the I'm Listening Milwaukee special. I've been talking to all of our people, and I figured that uh, we would Explain how do you guys do? How do you deal with your own personal mental health? Like, what do you do for your your self care?
8: Ladies first. Ladies first. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, go ahead. Uh,
1: Well, so, but in the moments of where I start to feel sometimes like anxious or anxiety. I, I'll have these moments where my thoughts kind of start to race a little bit. Yeah, and I then I and then I get a little overwhelmed. And then next thing you know, I feel like I, I suck at everything and I can't do anything. And it, it just these thoughts kind of creep into my head and they're negative thoughts. Well, my therapist taught me something to do is to try to just be really present. And the way you do that is you focus on all your other senses. What am I hearing right now? What am I smelling right now? What am I feeling right now? And I'm not saying like internally, like, I'm feeling right now here in the studio, I'm feeling the table because what it does is it gets your mind off of what's making your thoughts race Ah. and it takes you right back to like if I'm in a grocery store because anxiety can hit at all different times. It can. And and there was Mm -hmm. one time where I was feeling... Very anxious, checking out at a grocery store. I honestly just started focusing on the noise of the woman checking out the items in just front of beep, me, beep. just to get my my brain back on something else, and it's been very very helpful. So I, I do that like in a short term, or in I moment. or I just like remove myself from the situation. Like if I get anxious here in the studio because that can happen, I'll go get water, I'll go do a lap, I'll yeah. go to the restroom, or at home I'll I'll go for a walk. But then like on a bigger scale. For me, it's it's going to the gym. I need the gym. Producer Dave and Radar know because they work with me. If something comes up with work and I can't go to the gym, I'm like pissed about it because yeah. I need the gym. I need that in my which in my gives schedule. you more anxiety. Yeah,
8: which makes it worse.
1: Right, exactly. But that's kind of my answer. That's good
8: though. How about I, you, Radar? I have uh, like like two of them. So what I what I what I do is you have to go through it. It's it, it's not going to be the end of the world. It's not catastrophic. So you have to tell yourself, calm down. Tell yourself that. The one way I found out, got a flat tire, I started thinking, where am I going to pull over? Oh, no. After that, I went, you know what? I didn't even think about panicking there. I was worried about my, my flat tire. Uh-huh. Distraction. Something always comes up, pulls you out of the moment, almost like a dog, you know? Yeah. Dog says squirrel, boom, pull him out <laughs> of it. Yeah. And sure enough, your body gets through it, and you don't have that, that rush of heat and that sweatiness and that... Well what you think is is lightheadedness but it's just it's just your the way your body is coping with the situation. Yeah. The other way I deal with it is what my mom taught me and I kind of hold on to my faith, you know, it's I don't know if it's cool to go to church anymore hey, but
0: Faith is a great way for people to use tell it's you a what, great positive coping mechanism.
8: Prayer works really well. Yeah. And my sister who kind of went away from the church and stuff, she had some problems in her life when she went through her divorce after 20 years of marriage and she was like, how am I going to get through this? Oh, and she went to see a therapist and then she said, "You know what? Prayer really works." So she was telling me you should really stick with that. It worked for me. If it works for you. So once in a while you it. do that. So yeah, you have that faith. You have that higher that higher power above mm-hmm. you knowing that, you know, Yeah. hey, things are going to work out. It's really
0: what works best for you. Absolutely. Honestly. I mean, we yeah. can talk about this all day. We're, we're um, You're just tuning in. We're doing I'm Listening Milwaukee and I'm talking with Elizabeth and Radar from 99.1 The Mix. Now, producer Dave, who's also on the show, what are some of your positive self-help things? What do you do when you're getting anxious or feeling a little down? I feel like just
7: keeping your brain, I guess, focused on other things, right? Because it's... Trying to get it off of what's depressing you or making you feel anxious and creating something new to make you. Not because it's rewarding. I also like cooking at my own house, right? Because it's it's really rewarding to cook something and then eat it and then enjoy it and know that this all was from me. Like to make a dough, use
0: vegetables from your garden if you have a garden and then – and, Cook again, and enjoy you're, it. you're rechallenging that anxiety like Elizabeth talked about a little right. bit ago. You're channeling it into something else. I was
1: going to mention, too, when you're going, because I mean, I've experienced rejection. We've all been there. We've had something just not go our way or we've experienced loss. Sure. Unexpected loss and gone through some tough things. I have found that and this is a little bit that Oprah talked a lot about, about gratitude and, and being grateful. And I have this. This this box. I mean, I've got a couple of them now over the years. If I get like a really cool like birthday card from like somebody, I mean, my grandma, for example, I save all her birthday cards because, you know, odds are she won't be here forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like if someone sends me a really nice thank you note, I I put these things in a box and I call it like a gratitude box. So if I'm feeling just really about can I say that.
0: Well, if, you just did. Well, interview. you just, just did. So, <laughs> if I'm
1: feeling really crappy about about something, I'll go to that box and it's not often, but it's like if I'm really at a low point because I I want to remind myself there are people that still love me and still believe in me and are still there for me. And yeah. we've all gotten even if it's an email or if it's a text message, we communicate a lot via text. I'll do that with my husband sometimes. I'll take screenshots because our communication a lot of times is via text, and sometimes yeah. some of the sweetest notes I get are via text, yeah. and I'll save those, and then I'll look at that sometimes when I'm feeling really down because it just makes me feel grateful. But Oprah talked about making a gratitude list, and I've done that. I've yeah. I've been I've you know I've gone through some things and it's been tough, and you're just like, what am I doing on this earth, and where am I supposed to be headed, and you yeah. just feel kind of alone. If you write down like what you're grateful for, you start to kind of come back to, I have air in my lungs. I'm alive. Like, mm-hmm. that's something that some people can't even say that that they have anymore. I think you know, was, I have a roof over my mm-hmm. head. I have a
0: job. It may have been a Bible verse, but every day above ground is a good day. Oh, wait, that was Pitbull that said that. Ah, I think sorry. it was. That's what ah, it was. Yeah. The, the new Bible. Right, right. The, but, new, but, but, the new new.
1: But gratitude. And I, I get when you're really in a heavy, heavy spot. It's hard to find the good. But there is at least one good thing you could say you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. And writing it down or saying it out loud makes it more real than just in your head and that can kind of at least for me, remind me of, all right, there are good things going on that it's it's not as bad as I'm thinking it is
8: right now. Yes. And keep your mind busy. Um, I think my mom has always said, do something. Don't just sit around and, and do nothing after you work or whatever. Don't just sit in front of the TV or whatever. My mom was always, is still, uh, yeah, always do something. Go, 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 go. Yeah. So I'm, I you know I pick up guitar, although I haven't played guitar for a while. My, matter of fact, my fingers, I lost my calluses. I'm so sad. Oh, oh no. Man. I got to jump on that now because the whole thing is I, I got a kid who I just moved to back to college. He's a junior, my oldest. Now my middle child is going to... Well, child. She's a woman now. She's 18. She's going to college next week. I mean, I got to move her. So... It's almost like, yeah, people are going, oh, sure, the kids are leaving the nest, you know, you, you, you'll you be happy. Well, no, I, you know, I kind of look back and think...
0: Empty nests. My parents are going through that right now. Where did cause... this go? Where did yeah. this
8: time go? So I got to keep myself busy. So, yeah. you know, was coaching softball or being involved in the, the high school team now, yeah. even though my youngest is still in high school. Even when she's done, I want to be involved in that. Sure. Playing guitar, doing something, keeping yourself busy. Creative juices flowing. You that's know right. it, well, just th- like
1: producer days. Well, and turning on music is a lot for me, too. Like, that's a little bit also, I find if I'm not motivated to do something, I turn on a really like awesome, upbeat song and that can just change my whole like mindset too. Absolutely.
8: Do you do something like uh, like uh something back from your childhood? Because I find that when I listen to 80s and 90s, especially rock, I go, oh, <laughs> I remember this in high school. I bet and Radar does not he sings with his hairbrush in the mirror, doesn't really
1: he? he had a mullet and a goatee <laughs> back then. Absolutely, man. And a jean jacket.
0: <laughs> nice. Elizabeth, Radar, producer Dave on 99.1 The Mix. Thank you guys so much for coming in this morning for I'm Listening Milwaukee. We appreciate you guys talking about your mental health and I'm sure your listeners and everybody listening appreciates that as well. You can thank always you, find Reg. help. The uh, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number is 1-800-273-8255 or you can text the word hello to 741-741. That's the National Crisis Prevention Line. And you can text with somebody if you need to because somebody's always listening and more at imlistening.org. Thank you guys again for coming in this morning. You are welcome. Thanks, Thanks for Riggs. having us. Thanks, Regs. Also from the mix, uh, thank you for coming in the studio. Aaron, Aaron Carreno. Is that what we call you on the air? Aaron Carreno? Aaron Carreno, yeah. Aaron Carreno. You're close enough. Careno, if you're <laughs> yes, a, his... He drives you home weekday after <laughs> on our sister station ninety nine point one, the mix. Uh, you yourself have dealt with depression and anxiety in your past. You said you you've overcome depression. You you believe you, you have?
9: Yeah. Well, or you've I mean, managed it? managed. It's probably the better term. Right. You know, we've had anxiety in our family for many many years. I grew up in Sheboygan in a small community. I came out when I was nineteen. And so some of the depression came in when I moved to Madison and I didn't have any friends and I was broke. And so a lot of that was just kind of finding the network of friends and support and being honestly open about having that kind of conversation. Yeah. When you were dealing with depression, was it ever almost to a point of hopelessness depression? You know if I'm being brutally honest, please do. Please edit doing. this if you don't if you don't want to. There was no. a point when I remember going back home From Madison, I was probably 23, 23 years old. Yeah. I I didn't know what these bad thoughts were in my head. I think at the time there was just so much going on. Um, I remember driving up 151 to my parents' house to tell them I'm not feeling good. I need some help. I need to see a therapist, something like that. I just remember wanting to go off the road and terrible things that kind of like overtook my brain. Yeah. Uh, but doing that first step and going home and, and telling my parents that I'm not feeling really good up there, and again, this was 10 years ago, Yeah, that was a really first step to talk about what was going on. Right. But you saw the darkness there and knew, okay, I need, to get, I need to get out of this darkness. And you were driving to your parents' house, and that was your light. Yeah, and when I got to my parents' Uh, House rigs. it was interesting. My uncle ended up showing up, because he's a mental health uh, specialist, and he's dealt with anxiety his life. He's told me something that resonated really well. He said, every day you you get to make choices. He says, what do you like to eat more than anything else? And I said, well, I love pizza. And he goes, well, what do you want to put on that pizza? I said, all the toppings. I like Supreme, Deluxe, whatever you want to call it. He says, well, guess what? Every day that you wake up, or you feel like junk, you can go to your favorite store or grocery store or take out and order that pizza, you have the ability to do that. Yeah. And for some reason that stuck with me and I don't know what that was, but it, it was that one little piece of positivity that I needed in a moment when it was like a crisis in my head. Yeah. Sometimes that's all
0: all you need is somebody to talk to and Correct. some people don't don't realize when they're in that dark place, nobody wants to talk to me. There's something wrong with me. I've got to just make this stop. There's always somebody who will listen to you.
9: And it's interesting you asking me this question and I know we're doing a segment and we're talking about I'm listening but you asking these questions and me talking about them already makes me feel less judged the the stigma's kind of gone it does. I mean I feel a lot better now. So, look at this, we had like a 4-minute therapy session you and
0: I. <laughs> That's what it's all about. I'm listening Milwaukee, and if you need help, there's always somebody listening. You can always call 1-800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number, or you can also text the word hello to 741741. That's the crisis text line. Someone can text you back that way as well. It's uh, I'm Listening Milwaukee. Aaron Carreno. Correno, you you're close enough. Close enough. Aaron yeah. from the Mix. Works. Aaron from the Mix in <laughs> Milwaukee. Thank you so much for being one of the guests today. appreciate it. Thanks, Riggs. From our, our sister station, Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan, and also around the whole freaking state of Wisconsin, <laughs> Bill Michaels from the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Bill, thanks for coming on this Oh, morning. my pleasure. Absolutely. Um, I was interested to get your take, because I've been talking to all of our you know, our on-air personalities around the studios here. Right. How do you take care of yourself for like positive self-help? What do you do? Mine, with on-air?
10: Mine's a different story, because yeah. years and years ago, uh, I lost my son, and he had just turned six years old. And so, I know... I know about going from the worst place in the world uh, to where kind of I am, so mm-hmm. to speak. Uh, it took a lot of therapy. It took a long time. I can't I, imagine losing a child. I, uh, I, and my wife, look, I, I grew up Catholic. You know, you believe you don't kill yourself, you know, yeah. if there's this internal damnation. So you always had that fear in the back of your mind, you know? Yeah. But what I did was, is my approach at the time was I thought well I'll lose weight and I'll start working out and I'll start running and I'll try to be a better me because I quit my job I was doing radio in Columbus Ohio at the time and I quit my job because I thought I'm going to come home and be there for my kids and I wasn't there because of my kids I was there to pose that I was but you're you're in such a state of of anger and depression and denial and regret that uh God, how did you lose your son? Um, he died of uh, a lung disease. He ended up having a lung transplant. He was one of the first kids in the world. As a matter of fact, to have a lung transplant. You know, y- there's a lot of regret. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of why. You know, there's a lot of that happens with a suicide as well. I don't Absolutely. Know if you have experienced um, that. Because but what like- I did was I started running. I started taking pills, uh, weight loss stuff. Uh-huh. You know, to the point where I I, I wouldn't eat. So I was killing myself, but I wasn't doing it with a gun and I wasn't doing it with you're sleeping pills, I was, but I was going to slowly kill myself. And that was my plan. And um, it wasn't until uh, my mom just said enough and, and said, you're going. And I, you know, your mom kind of dragging you by the, by the ear to say, okay, we're going to go to some parish things with the church and we're going to get you to therapy. And it wasn't until... Um, there was a therapist, uh, and God love her, she's passed now. But she just said, "You have to look around every day for something that's meaningful." And I do, and I, I do it to this day. Um, something as simple as you're running late for work, and we've all been there. And you you're getting off the interstate, and all of a sudden you hit every green light. Mm-hmm. You know, do you look at it as a reason or fate, or just because you're really damn lucky? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. You're looking for a positive, looking for the good. Uh, I look for somebody on the road. You know, I don't care if I think that you know they're just. Panhandling or what have you for extra money. Uh, sometimes fifty cents, you can change somebody's outlook. You know, um, I do a lot of stuff with the Fisher House and Wounded Warriors and vets and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just for me, I, I wake up every day. I try to have a positive attitude. I wake up. I'm just generally that kind of person anyway. I love sure. what I do, so I look forward to going to work. But there's a moment every day where. And most of the time, it's in the car when you're driving. You're alone, and you can shut the radio off. Not that I shut you off for any period of time, right? But you turn the radio off for a couple of minutes, and you just say, "Here's how I get better today," because you can't become a better person in a day. You can have a better moment in a day, and that's something that everybody forgets. Because you got to wake up one day and go, "Oh my God, I'm better." No, that's you never you're never better from mental health. Mental health is always there. Yeah. It's how do you cope with it. So you have to look for the small accomplishments to make yourself feel better. You know, if you got to make a list of say these are my accomplishments today, you may not get 10 out of 10. But the one that you do complete, you just kick butt. Just make it make it great. You know, walk away with something. Even when things are bad, you can think what, what, could, what could be worse and look where I'm at. You know, my drug is now walking in the door and knowing that the phone lines are lit wanting to talk about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. And people genuinely giving a damn about my opinion.
0: Let me ask you, Bill Michaels, uh, we're, we're doing I'm Listening Milwaukee, and you talk about obviously Wisconsin sports, yeah. you in the sports world a lot. Um, how is mental health addressed in the sports world? Because it's very uh, male-dominated, obviously. It is. Uh, you know, it's funny because- Men are the worst with their mental health. Yeah, so I, how are they approaching it in the
10: sports world? It's, I, I think things like this, honestly. I mean, the fact that now there's an awareness to it, when before it was, you know, uh, suck it up, buttercup, yeah. you know? Um And it's not to say that every now and then there needs to be that kick in the pants, but I think now we look at things a little bit differently. You know, Junior Seau took it. There's plenty of guys. I mean, you know, there's a couple of guys in wrestling that took their own life.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, I
10: mean, you know, whether it's steroids, drugs, CTE, whatever it happens happens to be, there's things that manipulate the body that can manipulate your mind, but there's also people that have a manipulated mind that need to manipulate the body in order to feel better. Mm. So I, I think in the sports world, it's now we're more sensitive to it. There's still the machismo. You know, yeah. but I think now we're recognizing things, saying there's just something not right. It's tough. I mean, you look at a guy like Antonio Brown, who's a little off the rails right now, and you hate to say it and, that, and kind of make light of it, but you don't know if it's just because he's got power and money, or if it's because there really is something in his in his in his background that's sure. dark. So I would parallel investigate that. that. I would parallel
0: that to Britney Spears back in the day when exactly. Britney Spears was exactly. falling off the rails, yep. and everybody laughed. She's right. ha ha. She's shaving her head. She's yeah. breaking. Her she car got with got umbrella Everybody yes. made fun of
10: her weight. You know, it's it's in we were part of the problem in the media right. that on. And in the back. 140 character world that we live in I've said now twitter muscles have become supreme where a yeah. lot of people that never would have said a word now have the ability to do it anonymously and the hurt is spread much much more than the positivity in the world we live in which is social media now more than anything uh, I, the other thing I try to remember is everybody out there that looks happy is not always happy yeah, you know, so you're watching I,
0: someone's highlight reel you, of the exactly happy moments. Right. You you're, see someone when they're on vacation, you don't see that. Pay
10: attention to the person says, really bad day, never been lower. Pay attention to that person, because they're they're telling you they couldn't get any lower. They're don't don't out. scroll past it going, man, I don't want to deal with that. I like to think, always
0: assume you're the only one that's going to reach out.
10: That's the one you should stop on. Always think that you're the only one to reach right. out to them. Right, that's exactly assume right. Assume that you're the only one. And I know, put it this way, the hardest thing when my son would, had passed was... Nobody knows what to say. So when you're standing in a corner all by yourself and everybody's looking at you, that's the worst feeling in the world. It's the person that walks over to you and goes, man, I don't know what to say to you, but I can't imagine what you're going through. How you doing? Empathize. Or, hey, you know, I'm just here for you. That's the one that gets your, that gets that makes you go, okay, there's something here for me. Because when message. you're standing in a corner with everybody looking at you and nobody's saying a word, that's the worst feeling in the world.
0: The point of I'm listening, Milwaukee, is to end the stigma of talking about mental health. But what happens when you yourself are stigmatized as a person because of the color of your skin, because of where you live, because of who you identify as, because of who you go to bed with, or maybe because of how you came back after fighting for our country? Veterans, racial minorities, and LGBTQ plus communities are often underserved and deal with extra stigmas around mental health. We'll touch on all that coming up in the next 25 minutes but first we go to the lgbtq community center downtown milwaukee where we talk with sydney and sandra two of the counselors at the lgbtq resource center do you think the stigma around mental health and suicide is just as bad in the lgbtq plus community i've always thought of this community as a little more forward thinking and a little more ahead of the curve as far as being smart about mental health but is it many people still reluctant to reach out for help
11: Absolutely. And sometimes it's not just that you're reluctant to reach out, but also if they don't know if whether or not it's a safe space to go to. Um, a lot of the LGBT uh, spaces also tend to be providing a lot more services to mostly white folks, right? Yeah. And so for anyone who's outside of that population, they may feel like, well, I don't know that these people are going to understand where I'm coming from, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we sometimes... As so a community, have a very uh interesting way of, of, you know, well, you just come out, and then you just get a job, and then you just, you know, you move out, out on your own. For a lot of our minoritized populations, that is not even an option, right? You want to stay close to your family, you want to be living in your same community, you yeah. want to see people around you who look like you, yeah. uh, who understand your, your cultural background, and they understand how important these, the community is to you, right? Like, being part of, like, the Latinx community. I know that we're very communal. We, like, to live close to each other. We want to have aunts and uncles and and cousins all live close by, right? Like, in case you need anything, in case um, you want to just get together, right? And so expecting some of of these folks to remove themselves from their cultural background, from their families and function well, like, it it may not be as simple as that. And I think sometimes, like, it's really hard to find a space where you can be, Queer, but also be part of the Latinx community where you're coming from, right? And I'm just speaking from personal experience. Sure.
0: You think it's, I've heard with veterans, veterans respond more to another veteran because they speak the same language, they understand each other. Do you think that's the same with LGBTQ and other minorities? Talking to somebody else that is black like you, that understands what you're going through, where you come from, your upbringing, do you think that helps a little bit? That definitely can helps. That? Can you provide that? Is that something you can help provide here a little bit? Somebody coming looking for help, looking for somebody like them that they can empathize with them and relate with them.
12: Even just this morning meeting with a client, one of the most impressive young men that I have ever met in my entire life and, you know, talking about wanting to continue services and, you know, he looked at me very honestly and very earnestly and wondered if there were any queer people of color who are in our profession who provide mental health care and you know as I stared past him at the wall trying to think of anybody that I knew I mean this is a this is a profession that is predominantly made up of cis white women Mm -hmm. that's just you know you can walk into any psychiatric hospital and that's basically what you're going to see. So, the fact that we just need to be aware of where these people are and how we can get them connected with resources.
0: Do you think that's one of the reasons why suicide rates are still high with this community? Because you not only do you have the stigma around mental health and suicide, but you also have the stigma around being gay or being a lesbian or being transgender or being black or being. An, an, it's just compounding on top of it. And you're, you're homeless and you don't have anywhere to go. And all of this just keeps compounding. Is that. How would you work and deliver that kind of uh, somebody like in that situation, a message of hope to know that there is help beyond and there's hope beyond where they are in that moment? Do you tell them to look within? I mean, how do you give a message of hope to that person? They're still they're still hopeless. What do you tell them? It's
12: a, it's going to depend on the person how you instill hope. Like, what kind of hope do they need? Do they need hope that they're going to find a home soon? Do they need hope that there are other people out there that are going through similar experiences as them? And, you know, it could be both. It could be neither. It But it's, it's hard to say any kind of blanket statement about what it is that inspires hope for an individual person.
11: I think also by being out and being, um, going into the communities, right? One of the things that I've been, very consciously working on is being in the communities and being out at the same time. So I've been doing a lot of presentations at the Mexican consulate and they allow me to have those hard conversations of, hey, I'm I'm still part of, of the community, like this is still me and I, I'm still valid as a person. Even if you don't agree with, with who I am, mm-hmm. I'm still going to be out here and, and just ask you to... Be respectful, Accept me of as, a the human, as a
0: human being on a planet.
11: <laughs> exactly right, and so some people will still be very reluctant, and they will question whether you know I'm queer because my family is not united enough, and I'm, and I can I can hear those conversations, and I know that, I know that they're they, they're trying to make something make sense to them, yeah. even if it means that they're putting down my humanity, right? But at least I'm there and I can have that conversation with them and I can question, right, their their thought process yeah. and also let them know, you know what, like, I understand what you're saying. I'm also saying, can you just please see me as a person yeah. and that I still have value, even if you don't agree with with who I am Um, and I think it it humanizes us as, as people and so being out and being in communities of color and having those hard conversations with the public will make a difference maybe it's not going to be for everybody maybe it's not going to change everybody's perspective but for that queer kid who may see me having those conversations in public it may just give them enough hope to say, okay, maybe I can't do this right now, but maybe one day I can be out and I can have, be in a position of power and I can talk to folks about what it means to be queer and being Mexican or being Latinx or being anything else, right?
0: Yeah. Do you offer support groups or you know, meetups where people can come and they can have?
11: Yeah, so we offer a variety of different support
12: groups, uh, both for adult populations, older adult populations, which we identify as being 50 plus, and then um, groups for youth, which we our youth category is kind of broad. It's generally 13 to 24, and then adult will be 25 to 50, and then obviously 50 and above. Um, we offer support groups for people who identify as transgender, gender nonconforming, non-binary. Um, I offer a youth support group that's focused on LGBTQ identity and its relationship to mental health. Sandra offers a Latinx support group. Um, in addition to that, there's also a bi group that meets twice monthly here at the center um that information can all be found on our facebook page if you ever want to check out an event all of them are going to be listed there so that way you can just you know kind of pop in say that you're going to attend and then that way we kind of have a count for you in addition to that our youth group actually um we have a drop-in center that runs on mondays tuesdays and thursdays here in milwaukee right? here in milwaukee yeah. from uh, 3 to 7 p.m It generally has about one hour of structured programming and the rest is mostly just set aside for socialization for the kids, I'm usually available, our youth advocate's available if anyone is to need anything, if anything has come up. Sometimes we'll get kids that come from school and they've had a particularly hard day and they can always come in and grab one of us and we're always happy to talk to them in the moment. We don't wait to set up an appointment like they need some kind of like special time to set aside to talk about it because sometimes a lot of those conversations need to be had in the moment. And so providing that is a, a really wonderful opportunity and something that I'm really proud that we're able to provide.
0: We're doing I'm Listening Milwaukee, I'm talking to Gabrielle O'Neill from Wisconsin Community Services. You said you were in recovery, so mm-hmm. you you've dealt with addiction yourself and you have. You've been down to the bottom. Mm-hmm. You've you've felt that. What is it like to be down at that level? Um it's it's horrifying because
13: on the one hand you feel hopeless but you also feel helpless to change your situation and I think um you know, there's a quote from a poet that says it's hopelessness more than pain that crushes your soul. You know, it's kind of a paraphrase. Um, and not having hope kind of takes away your chance, um, or you, seemingly it seems like you don't have any shot at changing your circumstances, and so um, it was it was terrible. I mean, I was a full-blown drug addict, and so I think I was disgusted with myself, um, and I didn't feel I had any worth because I was looking at my life like, you've destroyed your life, you're not doing anything you're, you're sticking needles in your arm, you know, what is going on, and I, and I think that jarring reality was really what preempted me, me doing something about it, um, because it was bleak, but um, I realized there was, there was hope, um, and that realization was really what, what kind of changed things for
0: me. What, what flipped the switch in your brain to make you say, I'm gonna get help, I'm gonna change my life, I'm not gonna end everything right now. This is not the end for me. I'm gonna start over. What, what was it that brought you to that?
13: Well, I realized that I hadn't actually exhausted all options. Um, I was in a height, the height of my addiction and I'd never tried being sober for my mental health. Really? You know, no, I was like, I'd always get high. And so I told myself, you haven't actually tried everything. You need to try everything. Um, mm-hmm. Because a lot of times you'll, you'll talk to people and they're like, I've done everything. I've tried everything. You're like, everything? Mm-hmm. You'd have to know everything to try everything. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of just called myself out. Yeah. And I was like, you haven't tried everything. My family had been pushing for me to get sober for uh, years. And I was like, I- I've never tried that. I
0: should yeah. try that. And that's what worked. That was your that's answer. That's what worked. Why do you think there's such a stigma around uh, mental health and suicide in the black community, African American community?
13: Oh, oof. I think a key reason has to do with faith and religion. Yeah. Um, there's such a um it's it's very much a strength of the community Mm -hmm. you know don't get me wrong but it's also it aids in kind of like covering things up because a lot of times you'll hear somebody say um we'll pray about it and you know prayer is great Mm -hmm. Uh, i think it can do a lot of good but
0: it's a good positive coping mechanism exactly
13: however you need something to supplement that um, in addition and a lot of times um it's like if you don't it's, 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 people will say, oh, you're, you're not right with God if you're experiencing extreme sadness. If you're feeling like you don't want your life, you must be in sin. Those kinds of answers aren't helpful. Uh, it, because It it's, perpetuates the stigma. Absolutely. It makes it um, worse, makes
0: you feel like there's something wrong with you.
13: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think within the black community, too, there's this skepticism of doctors and the medical world because of the atrocities, the history of the black community with the medical community. Sure terrible things and I think there's this distrust Um, and also a lot of times people say that's family business you don't share family business Um, and so what happens in the house stays in the house and so you're feeling isolated Uh, and I know when I was a teenager struggling with ideation I didn't talk about it with anyone because I felt like I was gonna get in trouble and so I had no idea I wasn't the only one going through that Mm -hmm. and feeling alone also perpetuates um, the
0: self-stigma even. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good to know that you're not alone. That's why we do things like this Mm -hmm. on the radio, which is great. It's huge. My next guest for I'm Listening Milwaukee is Quinlan Bishop, who works with an organization in Milwaukee called Save Our Souls. Quinlan, real quick, what does Save Our Souls do for Milwaukee?
14: What Save Our Souls does is really promote and inspire people that if we're going to help one another, that's going to be our true breakthrough for improvement is that we have to care about one another. The term Save Our Souls, a lot of people just associate it with just church and religion. But really, Mm -hmm. it's more like when you see someone and you go, oh, wow, look at that poor soul. It's kind of in that type of, you know. That, save that, that soul. Yeah, you know. Let's save that soul. Let let's th- let's do that together. Since we're able to recognize it, that's right. pretty much the mission.
0: So I'm listening, to Milwaukee. We kick off World Suicide Prevention Week. Have you ever been uh, has suicide touched your life in any way?
14: Yes, actually, early in middle when I was in middle school, there was a a a guy boy at that time. We were uh-huh. about twelve or thirteen years old, and after being bullied because he was at the time gay and. A lot of us just didn't know how to deal with that at the time, and just based on the ridicule and different things he, you know, went through at the time.
0: Why do you think that mental health is such? A, is there a stigma around mental health in the black community?
14: There's definitely a stigma, and
0: because it's hard to get men to talk about mental health, let alone black men to talk about mental health. True. let alone a minority community that's already suffering in their own ways. True. Now you've got mental health issues as well. How do that? How is it perceived in your community?
14: We've gone through so much generation over generation that. As far as the men go, we've kind of been groomed to not talk about anything mentally. We're almost virtually not allowed to go through anything mentally and let anything affect us that we show emotionally. And that's done more damage <laughs> than it's actually done for good for right. us. And then we grow up and it starts to come out in different ways. So it's actually, you know, a really negative impact. And mental health, in, in my opinion, in the African-American community – is all but not talked about because it's difficult to talk about. It's difficult to talk about how things affected you. And it's difficult to say, I really have this problem. I'm looking for help. We're almost not allowed to do that because just, you know, in our, our, our heritage comes from a lot of, you know, the the background is really difficult. We did go through a lot and that gets passed down through generations, but it's like, Hey, never let them see you sweat don't act like it actually affects you and if you do that makes you look weak so you have to just internalize everything and just not show that this actually affected you and what that actually does is a lot of damage so mental health we really turn a blind eye to it too often
0: how do you spark change and promote change
14: i think it first starts with being transparent For myself, at least I can only speak for me, but I think being transparent about different struggles I've had mentally and different things I might even still go through today that I deal with, but are able to still live through. I think more people need to see, hey, he's just like me. He also went through this and look what he's still able to do. I think more and more people need to do that, especially the men, because we're looked at as weak when we talk about these things. Mm-hmm. Oh, I went through that and he didn't handle it. He's weak. He he didn't do it like I could do it. I think that's actually detrimental to, you know, mental health and, you know, that the improvement versus what they think. They think it's just, oh, don't let them see that that bothered you. Mm-hmm. No, tell them it bothered you and also tell them how you actually got through it. So I think more communication and just being really transparent that you go through these issues, you need the help, and you're willing to lend help to anyone else. Because I always tell people, if I can't help you, if I know your issue, I'll try to direct you to someone who can.
0: Don't be afraid to ask for help.
14: There's a lot of strength in asking for help. Exactly. Those are the strongest people. Mm -hmm. The ones that can actually ask for help. Those are the strongest people.
0: There's always somebody listening. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number, it's 1-800-273-8255. That's the number you can call if you're struggling or if you know someone that's struggling and you need advice, you can call that too. Quinlan Bishop, thank you for coming in. I appreciate all you do for Milwaukee, for the community, as usual. Thank you. Uh, now we move on to uh, talking to veterans. One of, the, uh, one of the veterans in the community that I uh, frequent and hang out with quite often is Dan Newberry of 22 Fitness and Lift for the 22. Thanks for coming on. I'm listening, Milwaukee. Appreciate you coming on this morning. Thanks for having me. Now, your, uh, your, your mission is to help veterans alleviate their stress, their PTSD, depression, anxiety through exercise. And we've been talking about positive coping mechanisms earlier, and a lot of people said exercise is how they you know, relieve their stress. They're depressed. They're anxious. It's a great way to you know kind of relieve some of that. Um, how did you get started in this? Obviously, you you're a combat veteran. So, what's your quick? I mean, what, what's your story for people that have not heard of of your story?
15: So the the real the real short of it is, when I got out of the military in August of 2012, I had a real hard time transitioning. Yeah. So, um, th- throughout that time, I I struggled with PTSD. I was depressed because of the change that has happened in my life. Now I've, I've exited the service. I'm facing this identity thing. I don't really know who I am anymore. Um, so I spent uh, the very, you know, the, the better part of the first three years out of the military, very, very lost. And, and it, you know, was very, um, you know, unable to integrate back into the community. Yeah. Um, so in, in, uh, July, 2015, I hit rock bottom and, um, uh, I was gonna take my own life and I started sending Goodbye text messages to my family members and stuff like that. The, so you uh, put
0: that down at the bottom. You yeah. were you were ready to make that decision.
15: Yep, I was. Uh, I was done. Uh, you know, and so the, the the police intervened and they they took me to the VA and um, I, I started to get counseling at the VA and and one of the things that we identified. Um, that I missed doing while well in the service, uh, was doing uh, physical fitness with uh, with my brothers, yeah. you know that I, <laughs> I served with. So um, at that point, I was two hundred and forty pounds. I was you know I was overweight and I was going through a lot of, a lot of hard times. And so then I decided to to go back to the gym and kind of just started going going by myself. And then yeah. one of my one of my best friends, I started going with. So then I had a little bit of encouragement. Yeah,
0: now, it's World Suicide Prevention Day today. Um, why do you think the veteran number, the twenty-two? Because that you, you hear that number a lot of t- twenty-two fitness is in your name. Twenty live for the twenty-two. Twenty-two veterans die by suicide every day. I know that number has kind of changed in, mm-hmm. due to unreported suicides, and it's, mm-hmm. I think they're saying it's like twenty or twenty-one. But yeah. why do you think that's uh, such a high number with veterans in the veteran community?
15: I think it's because it's a it's a cocktail of things, and you can't you can't pinpoint one thing or the other. Um, I think uh, a lot of times. You know, there may be guys that are facing this transition from getting out, and they having a hard time reintegrating back into the community because they don't feel like they belong. And I, I can I can tell you that that was me. Yeah. Um, then you also have the the service members that um have post-traumatic stress disorder like sure. I do yeah um and that makes you feel differently that makes you think differently it makes you react differently to certain situations
0: now that's not something you're is that something you still deal with and still manage on a day-to-day basis PTSD Ab- and depression
15: absolutely uh, there is not a single day that goes by where i have to manage these symptoms
0: where you don't have to rather
15: yeah i have you know it's it's a, it's a constant thing it's yeah. um you know imagine um you know imagine having a cut on your hand that constantly bleeds, but you just put a Band-Aid on it and then you have to change that Band-Aid every single day. Right. That's what it's like having PTSD. Well, how
0: do you how do you change the Band-Aid? What do you do to change your Band-Aid every day? So I like for, that analogy.
15: So for me, um, I do recreational activities. So I participate in you know, mixed martial arts, boxing, yeah. physical fitness. I go to CrossFit gyms. I go to a lot of community-based things yeah. because having people around me that have positive energy it you know it influences me greatly. Yeah. So it really, you know, surrounding yourself with with positivity, positive people and people that are being active and productive um, has helped me tremendously throughout my journey.
0: And your uh, your foundation, the 22 Fitness Foundation operates out of Fuel Fitness in Oak Creek every Sunday. Yes. You still do classes for veterans and yep. for the community as well. Yep. What kind of a reception do you get when you you meet a veteran who's looking for help and they come and they find you? Have you had that situation where somebody's been looking for help and they come to you? What is that conversation like? What is that encounter like when you meet another veteran? that finds solace in what you provide?
15: For me, it's, it's kind of overwhelming a little bit because I, you know, I I do what I do to help people. But then when, when I see a vet that's in need, that was it, that I could see myself in them and then I'm able to help them and coach them through that problem. It's, it's really, it's remarkable. It's a feel good story. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of raw emotion there and there's a lot of, um, a lot of, you know, natural bond that happens there. Uh, and I have, and it's not even just my class that people come to. It's even, I, I get phone calls, messages on social media and things like that. And, um, you know, I think I've just learned to to listen and to seek to understand their situation because every situation is different. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a therapist, but what I can do is speak from experience and then offer them a rope, you yeah. know, to, to, to hold on to and, you know, and pull themselves back up.
0: What pulled? Going back to that moment, you said you were, you were at a moment where you were going to take your own life. What was it that pulled you out of that darkness? What was it that you, you reached down inside? What happened?
15: That was, that was a huge moment of, of introspection, you know, self-reflection. Um, I, I looked at what I was doing in my life, what I'd faced in my life, all the things that I've been through and where I was at then. None of the decisions that I was going to make that day was gonna make anything better. It wasn't gonna solve any problem. In fact, I would have just taken my problems and given them to my family that that my surviving family members. You're right. The ripple effect of suicide. Yep. And I went through that when I lost my brother to suicide. You know, a I mere mean, six months later. Yeah. You know. So, um, the most important thing, and and I've said it before, and I'm gonna say it again. I think as far as mental health issues go, and even in the veteran community. You know, in the, in the service, you're told to, you know, call for fire when you need help. Yeah. Well, call for fire when you need help when you get out. The rules haven't changed. No. The battlefield has changed, but the rules haven't.
0: No, not at you all. You know,
15: and and the thing is with, and just in general within the community, you know, if there's somebody out there that is, you know, suffering from, especially suicidal thoughts, um, you know, the most courageous thing you can do is say something and ask for help. The most selfless thing somebody can do is listen.
0: You said a quote, and I, I bring it up all the time: is that your darkest chapter doesn't have to be your last chapter.
15: No, absolutely not. And Ab- you,
0: you said that, and that, that every time I say that to somebody, and I've it gives me goosebumps because that's such a great way to put it.
15: You're you're the author of your story. Yeah, you know, um, we all get put on paths, and we don't always understand why. And you know, for me, when I joined the military, I I, I knew that I was going to at some point end up. In, in a combat situation, I didn't know it was going to affect me the way it did. And, and um, I don't think most people do. You know, we have an idea, but until it happens, you don't know how it's going to affect you later on in life. But the one thing you can do from that is you can you can learn from those experiences and you can take those experiences and you can try to find positivity in your life because living negatively after the fact is not going to do anything. So, you know, your, your life is, is exactly what it is. It's a story. How do you want yours to end? Do you want to be surrounded by loved ones when you're 90 years old? Yeah. You that's know? The, that's the way well,
0: I'd like my story to go. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So
15: so write it. Yeah, R- Write it. If you're not happy with whatever's going on right now, let's start rewriting the chapter.
0: Starts with yourself. Exactly.
15: It, it always does. It 100% does.
0: And if you're one of those people that feels like nobody wants to talk to them, there's somebody always that's listening. And you can always call the National Suicide Prevention mm-hmm. Lifeline number. It's 1-800-273-8255. And you can also text the word hello to 741741. That's the crisis text line. Dan, thank you so much for what you do for the community, for veterans uh, here in Milwaukee, uh, the 22 Fitness Foundation. You can research that online. Uh, you do your classes again at Fuel Fitness in Oak Creek. Uh, I commend you for what you've done and the journey that you've gone through because I've watched a lot of your journey unfold. On- over the last, what, three years since we've known each other, maybe? Yeah. You're an inspiration to me and I know you're an inspiration to a lot of people. And I know that's heavy to hear and it's hard to hear, but I-, I mean it when I say it. And I know that you've impacted a lot of people's lives. So thank you for coming on. I'm listening today. I'm from Milwaukee. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you again for checking out I'm Listening Milwaukee. My name is Riggs. I do the morning show with Riggs and Alley on 103.7 KISS FM right here in Milwaukee. I also host a podcast called Riggs Off the Radio. You can find it at RiggsOffTheRadio.com. Lots of mental health conversations on there. I call it Mental Health Monday. And you can find it all for yourself there at RiggsOffTheRadio.com. For more on Radio.com and their I'm Listening initiative, you can find out more about that at I'mListening.org. It's been said many times, but it's worth mentioning again. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number, 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-TALK. I also wanted to extend a sincere thank you to Mental Health America of Wisconsin, who helped me secure some of the guests for today's I'm Listening Milwaukee special. Thank you to Martina and their whole crew at Mental Health America Wisconsin. This has been I'm Listening Milwaukee, a Radio.com production.